This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you had a good weekend. It's Monday, October the 18th. And as Kent's MPs pay tribute to Sir David Amos in the House of Commons, the issue of their safety is once again in the spotlight today. The South End West MP was killed while holding a weekly surgery in Leon C on Friday. He'd been a Member of Parliament for nearly 40 years and was married with five children. Police are continuing to question a 25-year-old man and are looking at whether there was a terrorist motive. Deputy Prime Minister Dominic Raab says abuse on social media has also gone way too far. The elephant in the room in all this is the amount of online hate that we all get. It's out of control. I think the amount of vile abuse and the vilification directed at MPs, and in particular female MPs, I think it's got to stop. But the MP for Dover says hardly a day seems to pass when she doesn't get a threat of physical violence, including death threats. Natalie Elphick is calling for an end of abuse towards public sector workers like MPs, saying the shocking attack on Sir David Amos must be a final wake-up call. She thinks it's now time for the issue to be dealt with fully and properly. It's also being reported today Ashford's Damien Green had to change security at his office after police found one of his constituents had an unlicensed gun. They were investigated after vile emails were sent. Well, let's hear now from Tom Tugendhat. He's the MP for Tunbridge and Morling and has been speaking to Oliver. Personally, I'm just exceptionally sad for an incredibly kind man, a devoted and loving family and, a, and a, an incredibly dutiful member of parliament, somebody who's genuinely been on the front line of our democracy for the last 40 years and who died serving his community in our country. It's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, in terms of social surgeries, I mean, how do you think this might change our social surgeries going forward? What kind of provisions might we have to, to make in that regard? Well, I hope very much they won't change them very much, but it's, it does raise questions for everyone and it leaves many people's families and friends very nervous. But I've had hundreds of extremely kind messages from people in our community over the weekend. And um, I know this is a tiny, tiny minority uh, of people in the United Kingdom. And we need to, I think we need to stay strong and we need to remember that we're here. You know, I was elected to serve the people of Tunbridge and Morling and I'll do it to the best of my ability. Just one final one, Tom. Um, a lot of discussion has been made on the way MPs and public figures are treated on social media. Do you feel like those kind of places are the root cause of aggressive behaviour and abuse towards MPs? I'm not sure I'd say they're the root cause. I mean, it looks increasingly likely that this was uh, an Islamist extremist and the person who killed Joe Cox was a far-right extremist but it's certainly true that a culture of hatred and abuse allows people who are on the more extreme end of the spectrum to feel justified and so I do think it's up to all of us to temper how we address each other and to remember that at the other end of whatever we're sending is a human being who is listening who's got families who's maybe worried that day, maybe, you know, has concerns of their own and, and, and we need to treat people as people and not just as, as victims or, you know, targets of abuse. This issue is also going to be the topic of conversation on the lowdown on our Facebook Live tonight. And we've been asking on socials what you think needs to be done to protect MPs in their constituencies. Pauline Kemvin says for a long time now, the courts have had a stop and search type airport system. So why don't all MPs surgeries go this way? 
Leslie Finlay has added, maybe everyone should remember members of parliament are there to protect us, not the other way round. The country's security and that of its citizens are the responsibility of government. The royal family never left in World War II. Extra security would come from taxpayers' money and they would then be out of touch with everything. It is terrible if anyone gets killed, especially when doing their job, but an MP is not a more valuable human than anyone else. Experience what we have to on the streets and then they might do more about it. This has caused a bit of debate. Jane Northfield has replied, Leslie Finlay, members of parliament are not there to protect us. They are public servants. There's a difference. The police are there to protect us. Yes, I'm aware the police are paid for by taxpayers, the same as MPs, but the two jobs are separate and very different. So quite a debate then on whether MPs should have security. Ish has been speaking to Matthew Scott about this. He's Kent's police and crime commissioner. Well, this is something that uh, the police keep under constant review. There is a uh, operational plan in place to make sure that uh, MPs have got the equipment that they need, the uh, peace of mind that they need. But when tragic events like this happen, it's important that those are looked at again and refreshed. So Kent Police is liaising with our members of Parliament to make sure they've got everything they need at this awful time. Do you think it is right then there should be a, a wider review of what security there is for our you know, public sector workers, our MPs? I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, you know, we don't want to restrict necessarily people coming to see their local member of parliament, their PCC or their local councillor. But one of the aspects of our democracy is the openness and the access that people have directly with the people who represent them in their time of need. Uh, and for all the millions of interactions that elected representatives will have with their uh, with their electorate, there are oftentimes people who will commit heinous acts against our elected representatives, like Sir David, like Joe Cox, um, but also um, assault councillors uh, and uh, attack them online. So I think it's absolutely right that we have a look at how we best uh, keep our elected representatives safe. Uh, else people may not come forward and do the job. Kent Police's Chief Constable Alan Pusley has also issued a statement to the Kent Online podcast this afternoon. Ish has been reading it for us. We are continuing to support our local members of Parliament by offering safety and security advice following the tragic death of MP Sir David Amos. Whilst there is currently no specific threat to any individual in Kent, officers will continue to offer MPs additional support and assess any concerns raised. No one should be the subject of violence or abuse, and it goes without saying that we take incidents of this nature extremely seriously and will take robust action against anyone who commits a criminal offence. Kent is a safe county. We continue to encourage all members of our communities, including local MPs and their staff, to report any concerns to us immediately, either online by calling 101 or by calling 999 in an emergency. Well, you can still have a say by leaving a comment on the stories online or via our socials. You can also get involved during the lowdown tonight by posting a comment or asking a question of the panel of guests. It's on our Facebook Live from 6. Kent Online News. 
Other top stories for you today and tributes have been paid to a teenage girl who died after being hit by a car near Dover. The 13-year-old, who's been named locally as Maya, was crossing Whitfield Hill when she was knocked down on Friday evening. The driver stopped at the scene and no arrests have been made. Flowers and notes have been left nearby. A court's heard how a banned driver caused a crash on the M25 near Sevenoaks after taking cannabis and falling asleep at the wheel. Morgan Timperloo also invented a fake driver to blame following the collision last October. The 23-year-old from Main Road in Longfield has been jailed for eight months and been banned from driving for another 22. A man's died after a fire at a property in Maidstone. Emergency crews were called to Hale Mill Road over the weekend. It's thought the fire was accidental. Meantime, another house in the town has been damaged in a suspected arson attack. A moped is thought to have been set alight outside the property on Marsham Street in the early hours of yesterday. A man's had his motorbike stolen in a violent bike jacking near Dartford. Four men in a black Ford Fiesta drove into the victim, forcing him to stop in Farningham on Saturday night. Police are also investigating after a bike was taken from outside a caravan in Brands Hatch shortly afterwards. Now, October is Black History Month and a Kent actor has told the Kent Online podcast there are still racial difficulties in society. Figures from the Home Office show more than 70% of hate crimes are racially motivated. Kane Lee Harrison from Medway starred in the Alicia Keys movie Resort to Love on Netflix, but he says people are still judged on their skin tone. He's been speaking to Leisha for our latest Tea Time Chats on Insta. You know, we live in a world where we interact with so many different people of different cultures and nationalities. You know, it's the age of the internet, social media, so that's really easy to interact with people of different cultures. And, you know, you, you do get influenced by people's music, their food, their language, uh, the, you know, their styles. And that can have a positive effect and change on society. That can definitely be positive, and especially if it's done with respect. So I have no problem there as long as it's respectful and it's a positive change. But on the flip side of that, we're also, for whatever reason, we seem to be entering a culture where it, people are just very, very quick to accuse and condemn without the facts. So I think that's also a point there when people are speaking out. Yeah, I think education, um, especially, you know, speaking mm. to people like you on things like this and getting opinions is, is all what it's about. You know, it's, it's just having that open conversation, I guess, and having yeah. the willingness to ask. Because I think a lot of the time, if you just ask a question, um, most people are willing to respond in, in that sense, yeah. I guess, aren't they? Yeah, and respond like with positive and kind language rather than certain speech that comes across as hate. I think that's the thing. Having that open conversation, that's a, a skill that needs to be adapted more. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, do you think maybe as talking about this open conversation that we, we want to have, especially not just in Black History Month, we want to have it throughout the entire year. It can't just be one month. It has to be you know, 12 months of the year all the time, um, just having the open conversation. Um, but do you think that there has been maybe a move to society becoming a bit more accepting on the whole you know there's still going to be those few who decide that they, they're going to continue having their prejudices and things like that but as on a whole would you say society has become more, more accepting yeah you know what i mean as humans if you look at the history we've come a long way like a, a really long way but you know it's a journey it's a journey and there's always ways to improve um and educate so yeah i think we're on a journey we still need to improve but Hey, we've come a long way, so let's keep with that positive attitude. 
the Kent Online podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. The Kent dad of twins who were killed by their mum says he's found purpose in life once more after having a baby boy with his new partner. Stephen Ford welcomed baby Rupert last night with his new partner, Christy, who he says saved his life and picked him up from rock bottom. Samantha Ford is serving a 10-year prison sentence for drowning 23-month-olds Jake and Chloe at their home in Margate on Boxing Day in 2018. TikTok have apologised after banning an account raising money for a Kent girl with severe epilepsy for a third time. Emma Appleby from Ailsham set up the page to help pay for cannabis-based medication, which has massively reduced her 12-year-old daughter's seizures. The social media company say it was blocked by mistake, but Emma's angry that it keeps happening. Latest figures show parts of Kent have among the lowest Covid infection rates in England. Swale, Folkestone and Hythe, Thanet and Canterbury are in the bottom 20. Cases are going up across the county but hospital admissions and deaths remain relatively low as most people have been vaccinated. A Tunbridge Wells man is calling for more awareness of male breast cancer after he was diagnosed during the pandemic. It's Male Breast Cancer Awareness Week and figures show around 350 men will be diagnosed with it in the UK every year. Mark Winter went to the doctors after finding a lump last May and ended up having an operation, chemo and radiotherapy. The 56-year-old is now cancer-free but says the stigma around male breast cancer is dangerous. It was a bit a bit by luck, really. A friend of mine had a, a lump on her breast and I took her to have a check at uh, Canterbury Hospital. Um, she was all fine, but I think it had got in my head that lumps could be an issue. So about three, three and a half months later, I was just showering and I felt a lump under my left-hand nipple. I thought, oh, that's a little bit odd. Left it for maybe a week or so, but it was, it just bugged me. And I, I think because I had my friend's, situation in my head but I say although she's all clear um I thought I'd just ring the doctors about it so I always say you know check 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 and confirm and us guys are always used to checking down below but not above so I did ring my doctor when they said look you need to come down and get your results and I sat there and the words breast cancer came out and I don't think I've got to be honest I heard the next five ten minutes of what they even said to me I was absolutely stunned by it. I couldn't believe the words they said you know breast cancer I'm a I'm a bloke. <laughs> it didn't seem to be right, you know. You know, you hear about cancer and one in two people are likely to get it, etc. But no, breast cancer wasn't even on the radar for me as a bloke. Um, I don't think I was even aware of it at that time, to be honest. You're told to check down below, but not at the top. Um, and yeah, I was utterly stunned, utterly stunned. I couldn't get my head around it. It took me ages. It's still, I'm still every so often can't believe what's happened in the last 12 months, you know. It was very weird going into, you know, the, the breast care area, you know, because a lot of the ladies, no disrespect and look at you and think, you know, what is, what's he doing here? You know, <laughs> is he a bit weird? <laughs> Once I've been in there two or three times, it was fine. It was a major, major shock to me. You know, I speak to male friends or people that speak to me, chaps, and, you know, I said, you know, they say, oh, you know, you've been ill, what have you had? And they look at me as if I'm completely mad. Uh, you know, cancer is acceptable to people in a way, but breast cancer for a bloke isn't, doesn't, people can't get their heads around it. They don't think you're joking, don't get me wrong, they take it seriously, but it's that double question that they give you. Also, so many more pro- proportion, I think 360 men a year maybe get breast cancer. 
and a huge, a big proportion of those will pass away over the next five years. I, I think it's maybe 22, 23% of men who get breast cancer pass away. And it's a single figure percentage for women because they're used to, you know, they're used to. What I don't want is men to die of utter ignorance, just to say, look, guys, check below, but also check above. If you've got something there, don't feel an idiot. I felt a bit of a fool phoning the doctor, but, you know, it was the best phone call I ever made. It probably saved my life. It's as simple as that. So, you know, check up here and, and just make that call. You know, don't be a bloke. Do it. You, you know, us blokes are a bit, you know, it'll go away. And I'm, I am that bloke. But thankfully, because I took my friend, I didn't. And um, I'm saying, look, guys, don't sit there and just think, oh, go away. Get it sorted. And if they say, do you know what, there's nothing wrong. Thank goodness for that. Well done. Kent Online reports. Kent police are urging us to be more aware of the signs of modern slavery and exploitation. In the last year, they've investigated more than 630 cases, arrested 46 suspects and identified over 460 potential victims in the county. Today is anti-slavery day and we're being encouraged to report any suspicious behaviour. The spire of Rochester Cathedral will also be lit up red tonight. Campaigners are continuing to fight plans to cut down trees in woodland near Hythe, which are home to 11 species of bats. The Environment Agency says the work at Mill Lees in Saltwood is essential to stop homes in the town from flooding. They're preparing to go to court after the landowner refused access. Concerns have been raised about Medway's bid for city status. Bosses have applied for a fourth time ahead of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee next year. A report claims it'll celebrate the town's naval history, universities and historic links but some councillors have questioned whether the cost of becoming a city would be worth it. And it's hoped a new photo exhibition in Kent will help change attitudes towards those who are sleeping rough. Eight people living in look-ahead homelessness hostels in the county spent the summer documenting their daily lives after being given disposable cameras and training. The images they captured are now on display in Tunbridge Wells. Marnie was among those who took part. I'm 23 now, actually. Um, I was 22 when I was first introduced to Look Ahead. Um, struggled with homelessness for a few years of my life. Being on this course has sort of brought more of my confidence out and I've really enjoyed everything that's happened and it's quite a shock, really, to think that people are really interested in pictures you take as much as they are. Well, I've suffered with EPD, which is Emotionally Unstable Personality Disorder. Um, it's very, very similarly linked to borderline personality disorders and being homeless hasn't ever really helped it. And doing the photography course has really sort of helped me gain my confidence, build up my self-esteem along with um, the support from my support workers. You don't need to try to take a picture, it just happens. Steve Kennett is a support worker at Look Ahead. With the photographs, it, it's like you've captured that moment and it's caught forever. The, the confidence that it's given them, um, because they, they come with a very low self-esteem, if any self-esteem, very low self-worth, you know, and, and to see them light up, like you, you've spoken to Marnie earlier on, uh, and the effect this has had on her, you know, it's been nothing but positive. I've done street homelessness and I've done hostels and whatever else. But there wasn't these kind of opportunities for me when I was, you know, but as I say, I'm going back 20 years. So uh, things have moved on a lot uh, in, in a very forward, positive manner. A lot of people associate homelessness with their drug addicts or their alcoholics, you know, and it can be a simple thing, a relationship breakup. 
Um, it can be within COVID times, as, as has been of late, um, where people have been furloughed, fell behind on wages, fell behind on rent, and found themselves evicted through rent. You know, there's an old saying that anybody's only three paychecks away from homelessness. You know, and you can watch a video report on this story by our colleagues at KMTV by heading to their pages on the website. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham will face fellow League One side Cheltenham Town in the first round of the FA Cup. Ebbs Fleet United will take on Leighton Orient, while Folkestone and Victor and Dover Athletic will have to get through their replays to make it. The games will take place around the first weekend of November. Meantime, it was another defeat for Gillingham in League One at the weekend. They lost 2-1 to Sunderland at Priestfield. His manager, Steve Evans. We've dominated from start to finish. If they would counter-attack, they'll ball into your box. You would say the, the two goals we gave away are disappointing. Two easy crosses. I need to look at the back to decide whether Max has done it wrong or not, but it looks to me as a big error. Um, but I need to look at the back. And the, the second goal, it's, it's, he's got a lot of time in the ball to pick his cross, he crosses it. He's a touring centre-back, he's going to get above Jacko, but I probably think we're defending too deep. It's hard for me to judge. Um, listen, they've, they've rode the lock into it, they've had blocks, they've had it off the line. They've had a permanent Jorakindi in the last kick of the game, or almost the last kick of the game, not given. Um, and we, we should be winning it. As comfortable as we've won all season, really. But we didn't take our chances and we conceded two sloppy goals. Listen, I said we, we cannot give any more in terms of effort. The group has given everything they've got. And you can see the difference it makes just with two half fit players coming back. We had to gamble with Jacko, we had to gamble with Mustafa, knowing we probably had 45 to 50 minutes or whatever it is from, from Mustafa. But you, you can see when that type of team plays that we're not a bad side. These, these will play. These, these will never get a batting like that all season, got away with the points. Obviously, disappointment. I get really upset when this, but in the last seconds of the game, and my centre back decides to roll a pass across the halfway line, well, I put it in the box when they're defending for their lives. But that's an isolated moment. Obviously, we've we've created enough good opportunities, got in enough areas. We should win today. But I think it just just reminds me, you know, you lose Alec McDonald in training on, on Thursday for I don't know how long, and you and you think to yourself, we must have run over five or six black cats in June and July, and today's another example of that. I don't understand, I won't see the referee why he's allocated four minutes at the end. He's won the goalkeeper three times for time wasted. We've had substitute six, we've had two goals, we've had a sending off and he adds four minutes. Listen to the words FA, pathetic decision, four minutes. The Jills are now 20th in the table, level on points with Shrewsbury who are in the relegation places but they have a worse goal difference. The Jills welcome Doncaster Rovers to Priestfield tomorrow. Well that's all for today, thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can subscribe to the IM News app, that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk